Today's episode will be with someone super special. They help organize all my companies and he organizes through them through different cloud-based softwares and has a bunch of communication tools that he's going to help help provide you some value on how he helps organize me, the visionary, which can be a mess sometimes. So Hunter, Hunter Zeman. So how long you been with us, man? Um, I'm coming up on two years in March. Gosh. April, I think. Yeah. So a couple of years though. Um, you've had the mustache for two years. Well, I got rid of it for a little bit, but she came back. So yeah, it's, he's got to keep with the ladies. He's in the office, you know, he's in the office. He's got to keep it looking good. Yeah. For all the customers that come in. There we go. Um, so talk, talk to us. What's like the three most important things that you, you do for Mac, like right now, like, because we got a lot going on. Yeah. Um, I'd say the biggest thing is, um, just kind of being a middleman between our estimators, our project managers, you, our general manager, just kind of everybody in the company needs different things regarding jobs or, you know, different documents, files, insurance stuff. Um, so just gathering information uh, for different people is probably one of the biggest things. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How do you keep all that organized then? Because you're, you're talking about, I know you work with me, you work with project managers you're working with general managers you're working with everybody how do you how do you keep yourself organized you're like what's like what's the key to that like what can the listener maybe implement um you know just a good file structure on my my computer that i use specifically i just have different um different folders for you know stuff i do with you different folders for you know our insurance stuff our insurance requirements um jobs i have breakdowns of you know, each job, the subcontracts, middles, change orders, um, just to keep everything organized in that specific job and then into like the year of the job. So if it's 2022, got a folder for that um, and just try to keep everything organized, uh, labeled properly um, so you can find it basically. Yeah, wait, how? so do you label with like Henry's concrete job or do you, is there a number or like, how do you like, because there's so many jobs, yep. right? Um, what we do when with the foundation software that we have, um, every job that gets generated has a job number. So it's basically a reference to the year the job started. And then um, just like, you know, if it's a Mac job, it might be Mac storage, Mac STO. Um, and that'd be like the file name for that job. Um, you know, different jobs all kind of have the same structure, but just a little bit different. So um, Gotcha. Yeah. So you're, so it's like when you open your desktop in the morning, is it just like, <laughs> I'm thinking of like my wife's, like, it's just like utter no, chaos. Absolutely not. What, I, how, how do you, like everything's tidy? Like I, I can still see the background? I don't have OCD, but I, I will have a little bit of OCD for that. I have on the right side of my computer, it's all the like, um, like different applications. So foundation, Procore, all that stuff's on the right side of the desktop. Then on the left side, I have the miscellaneous folders of wow. the different jobs and stuff just because I can't I can't do that where there's just files everywhere. It just throws me off. Uh, and you're never going to find anything. I'm the same way. I, I feel like when I don't get time, which is often, I end up throwing too many things on my desktop and then I, like, don't even want to open my computer. Like, it just gives me anxiety. I do that too. Um, I just have, like, kind of a miscellaneous folder. And if I don't have time, like you said, I'll just kind of throw it in there and then sort through it later at the end of the week or end of the day. Um, and put it where it belongs. Gotcha. Yeah. So if someone was starting out and they got all this stuff on their desktop, you know, what's a couple ways that like we've implemented in Mac, like to help them, like what are a couple softwares that we use? Um, um, big one right now, or the one we mainly use right now is Teams. Um, cause that way, if you want other people to have access, you can grant them access to that channel. Um, they can go in, add stuff, take stuff out. Um, you can have stuff that's just for you so you don't give anybody access. And then that way, if you're not at work or don't have your work computer, you can still sign into Teams um, and get those documents. Yeah, dude, I, um, I, I love Teams. Just like the fact of like pulling it open on my phone and like yeah. watching someone else edit the spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. He's like, all right, open the spreadsheet and then they'll I'll be able to walk through the spreadsheet with them in live time. Yeah. Like it's a really, it's really powerful nice, tool. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I love it, but what, what, how do you, how do you misuse that or what, you know, cause we've kind of ran into the issue of now it's a dumping ground. Yeah, that's, that is a problem. Um, 
where people are just, they have a document that needs to go somewhere. It needs, other people need to see it. They just kind of throw it in team somewhere and there's not a good name on it. There, It's in an incorrect folder or a general folder where it's not specific to a certain job or a certain project, stuff like that. Um, so I think just proper um, like labeling and getting it into the right folder right away yep. uh, will kind of lead you away from that of getting disorganized and making it a dumping ground. Yeah. Um, and then having, I would say, having multiple different channels in your teams for, you know, one for jobs, one for miscellaneous, one for, you know, internal okay. stuff as far as processes yep. or, um, you know, just miscellaneous documents. Yeah. The, the one thing, I, I love teams that you can put all these documents onto it, but it as you get to use it more, people are creating own channels and they're dumping yeah. their grounds in there. Um, the problem with teams is that like, like Monday.com, I don't know if you've looked into any of these, but like, uh, um, I think maybe Asana's like this, and then there's um, Slack. It it you create a task instead of mm-hmm. instead of just having a channel for dumping ground for information. You create a task, and then these platforms say whose balls and whose court. Okay. And I think kind of like our Procore software. Yep. Then there's no open ended things yep. ever sitting out there, and then everyone knows where it's at. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's a problem with teams. I don't know if they'll implement something. I mean, that'd be a recommendation. Be nice, you yeah. can pay Hunter for that. Um, he'd probably like that. He'll, take, he'll take a couple of million, but include like a organizational structure um, because there's things we can't do in Procore, which Procore is a... Uh, I'll let you explain Procore because you spend a lot of time in there, and I think that is a really useful tool for what you do and yep. making sure whose ball is in whose court because it's a freaking problem, man. Yeah, it, we, just assigning different tasks. That's it's a really good thing that Procore does have. So Procore is a construction management software. Um, everything from bidding on jobs, estimating jobs, to um, generating subcontracts, change orders, um, assigning tasks to people, whether it's subcontractors or people within your own company. Um, and then they just have kind of a, a generic file structure that's built into every job. You know, internal documents, subcontract documents, plans, different stuff like that. Um, so we've kind of just recently gotten into using Procore. Um, I've kind of burned through all the training and now it's um, time to actually use it. Yeah. Uh, So it's a little bit different, but uh, moving into that, I think it's going to be really good for us uh, because everything will just be basically more accessible and more user-friendly than um, maybe, you know, me generating the subcontract, sending it to the sub. It just does it in Procore and automatically once it's signed, it goes, hey, this is signed, you're good to go. Yeah, so the, it's uh, it's astonishing, honestly. Like Procore does, like how do you live without it? And then, like, how did yeah. you know, like, where the subcontract was? Let's send ten thousand emails. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, can you edit this line or sentence? It's like now we got to edit again. Now we need yeah. to go get it signed again. Like, um, such old school's way. Even submittals on plans. I remember it's like yep. submit the. The paper towel holder. No, we don't like that one. Can you send us a new one? And that's that's a like heaven for me using Procore <laughs> using submittals because before project manager would come to me, we need to send this submittal out. And I go, Okay, who are we sending it to? <laughs> this person, this person, this person. And then I'd send it out, they'd all send me them back. I'd send it, give it to the PM. Ah, this doesn't work. Send it back. Revise it. Blah blah blah. Oh back and forth, gosh. back and forth. And eventually, you know, it'd get done. But now with Procore you can send out the submittal if there's issues you just send it right back to them uh, wow without kind of me being the middleman Procore is the middleman so yeah and it like notifies you when they yeah, reviewed exactly. it exactly and it's you boom can, now it's you can done see when they open it when they send it back when they sign it if they add any revisions different stuff like that it's just so much easier we've yeah. i remember just like even the timelines like you, they want you to order stuff right away so it's like they know they need to get these submittals yeah. in and turn around so because there's lead times absolutely lead times I we, we use so many platforms, um, man. I think I use like QuickBooks projects. I've used uh, CoConstruct. We've used Noify. I actually really like Noify. It was a great platform. Did everything we needed, but it was like it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's a knockoff yes. app, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, you know, we use so many organizational softwares in our construction company. They just don't work. Um, you know, you get you get the you get the software company like say 
Procore. Well, if they came out with an accounting add-on, mm-hmm. the accounting add-ons suck. Yeah. They're good at communication. They're good at organizing well, a project. It's the same thing the other way around where Foundation had a uh, oh yeah we just project that. management um, called Project HQ. Yeah. That was kind of the same thing. Like it, it would have done everything we needed to, but it was slow. Half the time, the stuff didn't load. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to download documents. It was just kind of a shit show, and it never worked when we needed it to. Right. Which is why we switched to Procore because everybody we've heard from, it works, it always works. Yeah. And it's just so easy to use. Yeah. Architects are using it. Everyone's using it, and that's a reason. But never, it always seems like if you've got a really good accounting software, which we use Foundation. Mm-hmm. Or we're using Procore. Anytime they have an add-on for like trying to grab the client as an all-inclusive, it doesn't work. No, it is not what that company's focused on. It's like us trying to go like create a freaking masonry company, but we do yeah. concrete only. It's like, okay, well, yeah, we'll give her smoke. Yeah, um, and we'll use the same guys to do it, but it might we not be pro- pretty. Yeah, and it might not be like totally good, but we'll get it done. You can build a wall, but yeah, be straight. Yeah, so like. I always think about like focus on your niche. Like these platforms need to, they they, they try to diversify and it yep. just doesn't work. So like be weary if you're on a platform and like all of a sudden they're spreading it out and it's all inclusive and it's going to be the most beautiful thing ever and and no, it's it and it's not. Yeah, it's not. And uh, you probably can uh, attest to that. Um, let's talk. Let's talk about the communication lines. Then you were kind of explaining Procore. Because like it's so important with the customer, so important with the subcontractor, so important like yep. all the way through the project. And you're in like the middle of how many conversations? Too many. <laughs> all of them. So like how do you, all of yeah, literally hunters in every conversation in our company. So you see it in so many emails. So what does that look like to you? What's the problem with it and what's the solve with it? Um I think the problem is people just not communicating with the right person. Um, like how I'm the middleman, somebody might tell me something or email me something that, you know, yeah, it's good that I know that, but maybe the estimator needs to know it. Maybe the, you know, the concrete PM needs to know it rather than me. Um, and you know, eventually that information gets there if it's through me or, you know, the other person that needs to know that reaching out, but just kind of getting it right away to them, I think it's going to be more effective, right? So Procore is going to help with that as far as, you know, with RFIs or, um, you know, subcontractors communicating with us um, about their contract or the job, whatever they can, they're going to have access to certain information. So that's already kind of taken care of itself. As far as internally, um, I think just having kind of a better, um, like, line of sight of who you need to communicate with, like, if it's your boss you're communicating with. So knowing who your boss is, knowing... um, everybody's boss is if you need to communicate about different things that's where it's it's kind of a tricky one right where who needs to know this so i think just defining that for jobs or internal processes um defining that right away will kind of erase that problem gotcha so you're you're like super got to be reactive to these emails that come in like you're waiting for your next task like to a degree yeah, yeah gotcha and and um so why, what's so important about like the PA position? Like we, we were lacking, we didn't even have your position. Yep. Um, Hunter, a uh, little tidbit, was in the field doing, I don't know, some half-assed carpentry work, we'd like to say. A quarter, maybe. It's quarter, you quarter-assed it? Just, you didn't even whole-ass it? Like if you're going to do it, whole-ass it. I was giving it. it my all, but it didn't add up. So, <laughs> so um, Hunter had some other skills in communication and organization, which we later found out that he was in the wrong seat. Um, and I think you got to identify that within some of your employees. We always like to give our employees a new opportunity or a better opportunity. Um, cause we're a continually growing company. And I think that's why people come work for us, but you know, you're in a, you're, I think you're in the right seat. I think you, you know, you, you seem to do well and organize and it's like, it's like how your brain works. What, what were you in the PI test? Oh, I want to, I want to talk about these PI uh, tests for just a second. We'll, we'll get in. I was a guardian. A guardian. So what's a guardian do? Like what's uh um and we'll explain how you can find this and implement this in your company. I don't even remember. Um I like being like given tasks. Oh basically like a checklist, which is true. Like I'll I'll keep myself busy, but 
doing work. But if there's stuff that is, that's one of the things I personally struggle with is like prioritizing stuff I have to do. Okay. So if people give me a task and say, Hey, this needs to get done right away. And then this is on the back burner done. I got it. Easy. Eat the frog, man. Yeah. But otherwise like I'll just kind of plug away on whatever I'm working on Yeah. until there's a task right in front of me that absolutely needs to be done, which does happen with, you know, like you said, being in the PA position, it's a lot of like, Hey, I need this. Can you get it done? Yeah, sure. Yep. It's, I'll do it. No Done. shit. Yeah. I, um, we need, pe- you need people like that in your company and that's the way he likes working. Yep. So yeah, I, that's a, that's a good way to put it. So like the PI tests, I'm going to talk about a little bit about this. Were you able to read up on like some other people's and like how our company a, works a little bit? A little bit. Cause you're the communication um, guy. I, so you got to like communicate all of them. They haven't burned into my brain. Um, bad eyes. What do we, what do we got, Jen? The list of oh perfect. Let's take a look at that. So that we use this PI test is a something I actually got to learn with Ryan Pineda at his last event. Um, but we got to learn just kind of like how people like to be managed. Mm-hmm. He explains that. That's kind of did 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 it seem like Guardian like fit your style uh, to a degree? To a, um, yeah, and, like this and, is their definition of it, right? So yeah, Guardian unselfish and approachable with a preference for detailed skill based work. So all true. Um, like the preference for detailed skill based work doesn't really matter. I'll just yeah. whatever it is, I'll get it done. Right? Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean the what it kind of fit me to a to a T. Yeah. So, yeah, it just, I think it gives the manager, even if it's not perfect, because I don't yeah. think that any of them are perfect, but um, we're all unique to ourselves, but it like gives the manager the ability to understand, you know, maybe you're overseas, like how we give you information, yeah. we utilize you better now because now we know how to, how you Absolutely. work, yeah. you know? So um, super powerful tool, go to, I think it's like PI, Google it. Yeah, uh, just, yeah probably yeah, Google predictive, predictive index. Predictive index, yeah. So check that out if you're not implementing. If you have a bunch of employees, you might have people in the wrong seats. Um, like Hunter sitting out in the field struggling with every day at uh, quarter assing I the did work. a lot of sweeping. A lot of sweeping. Because you like the task. So maybe we... But it does give you a good example of how we brought Hunter into our office and he now is like the communicator and the organizer of our office. So it's like, how powerful is that? You had a guy sweeping... And now he's moved up into a position where he literally knows what our company is doing from the minute the customer hits the door to an owner report or like whatever's going on to the direct customer relations and um, what's happening with the subcontractor. You know all of it in every project, which, yep. which is almost like crazy that you know that much. Yeah. Um, it, well, and it, like it was, I don't even need to be here. It was such a change for me too because it would go from, you know, my project manager on whatever job telling me, hey, you need to get this done. And I, in my head, I'm going, that doesn't even make sense. Why? And then now I'm like, okay, oh, it's because the owner wanted a, a change order. They wanted something different, whatever okay. it is. And now to kind of see it from that perspective, it's yeah. different. Um, you know, it makes it a little different and a lot more understanding of that position as well. Yeah, you you bring a level of calmness, but you like urgency. And I think like that'd be like your superpower, like, because you do get you do get shit done, yep. which is great. Um, but you're never like, I've went over and talked. You never seem overwhelmed. I don't know what you got going on your plate. You're like, like steady with it, you know? So like, I don't know whether you're showing that good, but, um, you know, I think, I think I'm going to reflect back to even like my wife and I visited you bartending one weekend. And yeah. it's like, I know you're getting your ass pounded back there because I could watch it happening with how much shit was happening. But you like, you got a level of calmness and I think you slow it down to where it's like, you still get everything done, but yep. you just prioritize a little bit and you, I don't know, you, it seems to work for you. You like, you yeah. thrive in that situation. Well under pressure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which is like, damn, you were pushing a broom. So like we were underutilizing your abilities for sure. And now we're, you know, can help pay you more. And you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just like, such a flip of the script that you, you well, find that. And that's one of the reasons that I chose back um, to, to just come work. And I knew, you know, it wasn't necessarily a um, lateral move yep. to, to come work as a laborer. Right. But I knew, you know. It was probably time, a downgrade, right? Uh, mildly. Mildly. But, but, like, 
I knew there was opportunity for growth. I knew we were, we were a growing company. Yeah. And there would be positions that would pop up that would fit my skill set. Yeah. And, you know, over time, whether it was five years yeah. or I think it was like 10 months I was working maybe as a laborer and then that yeah. position opened up. So, yeah. And, and, and it changes quickly. Like people adapt to us. People like following what we're doing and they're like, how do I get into the company? I'll do whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't want you to do whatever, yeah. you know. I didn't suspect you to come to us as a labor position, but you know, you took that leap of faith and hopefully we can grow you, you know? So yeah. I think when there's opportunity, at least you can have a chance to grow yourself, which is good in any, in any situation. Absolutely. So, um, so learn from that. Any company owner out there, make sure you're taking that PI test because you might be underutilizing. And it's really quick too. I think it took me not even five minutes to do it. Yeah. It's like, it asks you a question and you select all the deals. Yeah, I think it's um, what do you think your expectations of your job is? Oh, yeah. The next one is what do you think your bosses think your expectations of your job are? And then it's the same list of words. Exactly. And it's like it's like a six minute test, I think, is what they, mm-hmm. they quantify it as. So it's like so powerful. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like when I was at this Ryan Pineda conference and they were explaining this guy was like talking to my soul. When this Gary Harper guy, I was like, what in the hell is he talking about? Like, and then he's talking about processes right after that. And I'm like, man, after your own heart. Well, I I went there to learn about content. Yeah. That's really why we were there. And then like Jen and I were just down there and they're like, well, we're having like a business day tomorrow. Do you guys want to come? It's like, yeah, we do. Might as well. Yeah. And and like, even like right now, like this was like a month ago, we're implementing all these, you know, little tweaks and yep. now the managers kind of know how to run themselves, you know, so it's like such a powerful tool. So, um, Gary Harper, look him up to, um, and I want to talk about some processes and systems cause, um, Gary Harper was one of the reasons like he, he does what Hunter, because he's organized, he's got good communication skills. He's got unbiased of any position out there. He knows all the positions, but he is our process system documenter um so what comes with that what is that hunter a lot of typing um <laughs> it's it's kind of just a lot of questions to you know whoever whoever you're with at that time working on the process which we've been working a lot with the project managers um you know kind of setting a baseline of just what their basically job description would be so their expectations of everything they're supposed to do and then we've kind of been breaking it out into um well like less broad um, descriptions of how you do it and um, like what to do and why, basically why you why, do it. Why to do yeah, it. Yeah, and just kind of documenting everything so we have, you know, a roadmap of, you know, if we have a, a new hire for a project manager, you basically give them a binder and that's like everything they would need to know about that job and what we expect from them. Wow. So, yeah, I, I think Gary under, said it kind of like it's, it's, it's process – procedure and policy i think it's the three p's but like why why would you have a process for anything why why wouldn't you just do it to your best of your ability and just I, just do it i think kind of like i said like the expectation of um you know the the company holding people accountable for different things so if you're supposed to do xyz in any given week and you do x and that's it then somebody can hold you accountable and say hey you need to be doing this because you know, we need this financial information. We need these reports to go out, whatever it is. Because um, it's a chain reaction. Yeah, exactly. You've got to have one to get You, you set that expectation and they, they're not meeting it, um, then I think there'd be a problem there because something's not getting done that is valuable enough that you put it in their process, that you put it in their job description. Wow. Um, yeah, that's uh, – it's, it's, it's so important because people don't understand – Right away in business, when you enter business, it's it's yourself, right? Like it was just me. So yeah. I had all the processes in my brain. The problem is, as you realize as a business owner, you need to get out of your own way. You need to write down what you do in your head and you got to get out of the, I'm going to do everything myself because I'm the only one that knows how to do it and I do it the best. You got to be willing to let others fail and improve themselves, but you can limit the amount they fail by being a mentor and writing down a process for them. Yep. Um and then they give it gives them a route. So when a you know, we we talked about even flows, like 
don't even get into the process of how you, um, how do you write a good email back to a customer that's having a hard time? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I start with the, the, I understand your abilities. Here's the solution we're going to try and provide. Here's the timeline I'm going to give you when I review. Well, that's still, we just explained a process on how to reply to an angry customer. Yep. Um, and then even by, let's say you do a subcontract, there's steps oh, to putting subcontracts out. So, you know, how long are these processes and why, like when you make one, how long does it take you? I, it, it really depends on what it is because yeah. like, like your example, like a subcontract process, I could type that out to a T of like where to click on the website on Procore <laughs> to go to commitments, right? So it, it, I think it really depends on how detailed you want everything to be um, and and what it is. Okay. You know, creating a, a commitment in Procore, a subcontract, um, is a lot different than, you know, formalizing plans or drawings and reviewing those or know different stuff so it, i think it kind of depends you know some, yeah. of them, some of them can take a longer time um because you like you said you just when you were it was just you you knew everything and you knew how to do it yeah but putting it down and typing it out is a lot different because it's basically you have to set it up for someone else to do it so you don't, don't even know some, this person some of the stuff you don't even think about you're just doing it right so you have to kind of think of it step by step and and break it down but then there's there can be too much breaking it down too, where it's like that was useless that I read those first four steps. So gotcha. Yeah. Too in depth, right? Like you got to have some ability. We can't, we can't teach an accountant how to be an accountant, but we can tell you the overall view of like when payroll's going to run, when checks need to go out by, when some, you know, when invoices need to get paid by, we can give you the flow of things, but we can't give you technical data you yeah. you can you can drop down into the procedure part um i think <laughs> i think i did the first one and i'm not the guy to be writing these but i like how to hook up a trailer every freaking time these concrete guys you know, i'd come back and i'm kind of like particular like i got a little ocd in me um and uh i come back the freaking chain things are in the snow they're frozen or they're full of mud or they're whatever the yeah. case is the freaking electrical plug-in will, more times you jam it in there, the more rocks get in there. Um, it's just a freaking nightmare every time. So I literally made a process of when you unhook the trailer, you loop the things around the tongue, yep. and you hang the thing upside down so water and shit doesn't get in the freaking electrical end. Just that one process alone saved me headaches. Yep. But... That's in your head. It's not in your employee's head. So um, I think what I think what the process is, too, it's like the more people you add, people think the more problems you get. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's more of an effect of it just shows how weak your processes are. I, I mean, I don't know if you could tell me if we added a project manager today, could we onboard them and get the amount of things that you need done in the timelines you do? Probably not with the processes we have set up right now. Well, where we're going. We're documenting yeah. the journey here, Hunter. We're not documenting the end result. The end result is hopefully it makes it a lot easier. Yep. You know? And even for your job, we didn't we created your job out of thin air. So it's like we didn't even know we needed it. And then we realized you're really good at it. And and then and then you have this. So um you know, processes and systems are so important as you scale a company. Yeah. Because how do you do things like Mac? We all do things a specific way. Every company has a specific way it runs. But if it's just owner ran and everything's ran through the owner, he's going to run out of steam and you're just not going to be able to scale. You're just not. You just do everything yourself because you're the best and you know everything. And then hopefully people learn along the way and become your right-hand man and learn all the stuff, your processes, it's the slowest way of teaching, though. Yeah. So we document the processes. And you get set to organize people up. Yeah. For success, basically. Yeah. Well, we just I think it it sets your expectations. You talked about accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can make all these processes. I think we talked about that. But if they're not doing them, I think you came to me. It's like we actually have your brother coming on here in a little bit too. Um, I think we had a, a talk with you, and you were like. 
well, why is this not getting done? It's the process. And you're like, they're just not following the process. So I said, so it's an accountability issue? And he's like, yeah. And or I, I think you replied, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I think. I just, uh, I just remember your. Yeah, I just yeah, remember so, your brother. You were like, I don't know if I can keep my brother accountable. Yep. Like, and how do was, you, you want me to do that? Yeah, because I think you were, um, we were talking about processes and, and me kind of holding all of the project managers accountable. And then I was just like, well, how am I supposed to keep my brother accountable? And Mike had a good point after the fact. He said, well, it's not about like discipline. It's just about accountability, right? So yeah. if it's not getting done, you just need to inform somebody that, hey, this isn't getting done. Yep. So, but yeah, it's it's a weird thing. And if you got to inform them every day, you probably got that person in the wrong seat anyway. Yeah. If you got to come ask somebody if they need to do their job correctly every day, either you got a systems problem or accountability issue. But I think a lot of owners have this same problem, dude. Like, like I can't get out of my own head. I can't get out of my own way. I can't let people grow. I can't. I got to do it all. Mm-hmm. And I got to micromanage you. You don't see me over there trying to like look over your shoulder and if you're organizing it right, like, bro, I got better things to do. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, let me grow. I'll let you grow. And and um, I think right away, though, I struggled as a business owner, like for sure. Like I couldn't get out of my own way. I just couldn't do it. I had to be, had to tell people how to tie rebar. I had to tell people like how I wanted things done. I was super particular. Well, and I mean, I can imagine that being a scary thing for you, though, because you're letting go of these responsibilities that if they're not done right, it could lead to the business not being successful. For sure. So it's just, you're in your own head about, okay, well, if I give this to someone else, they're going to fuck it up and we're going to lose this job or we're not going to make any money. Yeah. Could have been detrimental at those times, you know? It's like one job. It's like I could have lost everything. It's like, I, I think I actually learned that from my dad. Like, he just... He had to be a part of everything. He had to tie the string lines, would never teach me. Mm-hmm. Had to be the guy that freaking bull floated, wouldn't teach me. I was capable. Yep. I was ready to learn, but wouldn't do it. He had to be the guy because he didn't want us to screw it up ever. So um, finally, when he gave me that bull float, though, I do remember it's like I, I did take it with a lot of caution and I did a really freaking good job. And then at, a year into that, it's like I was debatable better than him. Because I improved the ways. It's like you're pushing a bull float back and forth. Like, how hard can it be, right? Like, that's what I was thinking. But, like, my dad, like, the apple fall didn't fall far from far from the tree in the first five years. I couldn't get out of my own way because I was learning from my dad. It's like, oh, no, I got to have people that just stay with me and learn from mm-hmm. the way I do things. So freaking slow, though. Finally, when I was able to let go and let other people that were better at me organizing, you know, doing the things, that's... Like, it wasn't even that long ago. It was, like, six, five, six years ago. Like, finally, some things started, like, Put happening. people in the right seats. Yeah. You could trust we're in the right seat, right? Right, yeah, yeah. And, you know, as a company grows so freaking fast, it's just, like, you got to change. It, things still change, yep. and, and uh, new opportunities come. And, you know, it's like Hunter could be a project manager. Hunter could do lots of things. You know, it's like we don't know where mm-hmm. your next spot's going to be, but... um we trust to know what you're good at now and, and you're doing a hell of a job what you're doing. So, um, so how in the hell did you get, tell me a little bit about Hunter as a boy. Like what, like, what did you do? Like I want, I don't even, you started us as a laborer. So it's like, what, what got you to, to Max door a little bit about your story, man? Um, I guess just kind of a, a typical childhood for a, a boy i mean just hang out with my friends bike around do stupid stuff and um i'd like to think i was a good kid so i think that kind of helps with like the getting along with everybody and um, being approachable like my pi says um i from east side graduated from there in 2014 went to und um graduated in in december of 2018 with a business management degree and then continued work at uh, basically my previous job before Mac um, in a higher position. Um, it was a, a customer-facing role. Um, they had a couple management changes, so I was looking for something different. My brother was working here, and I went to lunch with them and my dad one day, and I was like, 
yeah, I think I need a new job. And he goes, well, apply. We're hiring. I went, okay. And then like a month later, I started. So it was, uh, it, I mean, I've heard yeah. all the good things from him at this point of, you know, they're a family-oriented company. The culture's really good. They're growing. Um, so even at that point, I was seeing all the Mack trucks driving around a couple, um, you know, obviously my brothers. But, yeah. Um, uh, started at Mack and, you know, got along well with everybody, loved the company. and Yeah. Uh, no, and that's why a lot of people come here, mm-hmm. I think. And, and if you're watching this, you know, it's like if you want a place you can grow and you, you know construction, you this interests you, you know, it's like you can apply. You can go talk to Hunter today. You can go to our front office. His smiley face is up there. Um, and um, so don't don't hesitate if you're looking for new opportunities. We're always looking for really good people. Um, we're in a good we're in a good spot right now. We're I'd like to say we're in the hockey stick growth curve, but we're like right at the bottom still. Like we have so much upside potential. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm an optimist, you know, and and I, I like to just reinvest and and keep growing this thing if we can. Absolutely. Yep. So. Um, you walked us pretty fast through that, though, like too fast. Okay. What do you want to know? Well, I don't know. You said like you were a good kid. I just I, I don't believe you. To a I point. was. So like I was better than my brother. So you 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 referred to the PI test. We'll get to your brother in a minute. Mm-hmm. And uh, but like what? If I knew Hunter as a little kid, what were you like? Shy. Shy. Yep. Okay. I was really shy. So you like podcasts? Um, my. Family would basically tell you I was mama's boy. So I had a single mother growing up. Um, you know, spent time with my dad, but more, majority of the time with my mom. Okay. Um, and I think she just tried to raise me with, um, I guess, good values and, you know, being nice people, giving back, whether it's time or, you know, donating, whatever. Um, tried not to get in trouble because I didn't want to disappoint her. Uh, Did you ever get in trouble? You had to have gotten in trouble. Not really. You Nothing didn't like, major when I was a kid. You didn't like throw a rock at a car or something or put sand on top of a car. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. I did all this stuff. But no. we were in a trailer park, so it was a little different. I was too scared. It's too scared. my mother. Wow. Yeah. Is your mom like your idol then? Like, do you, do you, I mean, do you support her? One of them, yeah. She's, oh. she's a good mother. It's good. What's her name? Sherry. Sherry. Appreciate you, Sherry. You made a good little man. Um, so mom, so you never disappointed mom. So mom, what did, what did mom tell you growing up? What did, what did she want Hunter to be? What did she, what did, what was her greatest outcome for you? Um, did she tell you to go to college? Did she want, she wanted me to go to college? Yeah. Um, so she, she worked at, she's been working at UND for quite a while. Okay. Um, got a little bit of a deal on tuition and I've always wanted to go to college. Um, and this might sound a little bad, but, my my dad is a carpenter by trade, right? Okay. Yep. Just like Cody was. Yep. Um, and I would do random side jobs with them, whether it was pouring a garage slab or shingling, just random stuff. Okay. Out. And in my eyes, I never wanted to have to like break my back to earn money when I was an adult. So smart. But nothing wrong with that. I personally didn't want that for myself, so I realized that I should probably get an education and and see what I can do with that and go from there. And I think it's worked out well so far. Yeah. Um, so how far are you? Okay, so you you graduated in 14, I think you said, mm-hmm. from East Side. Yep. East Grand Forks. Um, what what did you what did you want to be when you grew up? Like, what what was the deal when you I left had, when you left high school? Did you have any idea? I had no idea. What you I just didn't want to work in construction with your dad. Well, I mean, or not, just not, not do that, that type that of work. Was, not that. Yeah, exactly. So like, I just didn't want to have like a like a a trade job or a physical manual labor job. Okay. Right. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I started at UND and the first year or two got just kind of my generals done and then a few business classes um, and then picked business management because it's pretty broad as far as, you know, you get a little bit of HR, you get a little bit of marketing, you get a little bit of Mm -hmm. accounting stuff. So um, just kind of wanted to roll with that. And like I said, kind of see where it would take me. Um. Well, so it was was it UND? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. UND. Yep. Okay, so I went to UND too. Um, and and did you graduate the business management? Mm-hmm. Jeez, I'm twelve credits away yet, but I'm gonna get there. 
probably not this lifetime, but like um, next time. Online classes. College. Yeah. Online classes. There you go. Um, you know, I did think about that in COVID when it was like super easy mm-hmm. and like the professors were kind of relaxed on it. Yep. Um, I never did it. It was, it was, I, I got my transcripts and everything from, I had, I had UND and NDSU. Um, I think I, yeah, it was like 12 or 15 credits, depending upon which route I wanted to go. Yep. Um, they would graduate me. Um, you know, I don't know. Not worth it anymore. I think it's fine. Um, so what what did you leave? It was management or just business? Business management. Business management. Yep. That's exactly what I was going for, too. Um, so you had no idea during then. What did you work any jobs then? Or like how did you like how did you support yourself? Like, did mom help get you through? Or like No, I uh the first couple of years I had like scholarships and grants that I was able to use, so didn't really pay anything. And then the last couple of years um, I took out a little bit of loans, paid some of it off. Um, but I worked, uh, part-time during the school year and then full-time over the summer. Um, what'd you do? Uh, I was loading trucks, like parts trucks for a dealership. In oh, town. Yeah. parts trucks. Mm-hmm. My dad does that today. Um, and then, uh, you did that in the summers or did you do like, you would go full-time in the summers yep, and part-time? Full, yep. Full-time in the summers. Um, so you're supporting yourself. Trying to. Like you're paying your own like car insurance and stuff. And yeah, it was, like, um, I lived with my mom for a couple of years, and then a couple of sure. years I lived, I guess, not with her. Um, so yeah, I rented a yeah rented house with some friends, um, and then just worked whenever I could. Wow, that, that that's that's what I did for my dad. I was working part time, full time for him. Um, at the age of fourteen, I was like fully off their payroll. You know, pretty much I. The only way I was ever going to be able to buy cars if I did it myself. Yeah. Um, and and I just like wanted like we live such the frugal lifestyle. It sounded like you were probably on the frugal side too a, a little, little bit, bit. Yeah. and uh, I just wanted a lot out of life because I maybe I couldn't have it as a kid or something. Maybe you want what you can't have type thing. And um, I just remember working my ass off to freaking. I remember my dad, my senior, my graduating, my graduation gift. <laughs> He freaking co-signed a loan on a scooter for me. <laughs> Literally a five thousand dollars scooter. He's like, he's like, this is like he never co-signed anything because because he thought for sure I was just gonna abandon the payment and run yeah. run with the scooter. It's like, Dad, I'm gonna pay it back. You're literally my freaking income. Yeah. No, he co-signed it, and like he that was a big deal to him. That was a really big deal to him. So, um, you know, I I can. Uh, it's cool that you were able to kind of just bring yourself up because I, I always think the people that learn that in college when you're not on, you know, the, we hardly have any college kids. We're in a college town yep. where we live in Grand Forks. Um, we have no college kids that even want to work. I don't know where they're getting the money. I honestly yeah, don't that's... or what they're living off of. Um, But parents are raising them different now. Like they must be fully supporting them. That's the only way I can think about it. I don't know. That's got to be. I mean, I of the people that I know that are UND students right now. I mean, I know them from working at the okay. Squad, yeah, yeah, like my side job. Right? Yeah, yeah. And they're all working and they're supporting themselves, like okay, you or I did or whatever. Okay. But, um, there's definitely like a class of them that just kind of are probably supported my mom and dad and not admitting it. whatever. And yep. Yeah. Well, it's like we used to have even five years ago. We'd have college kids. But like every year, it's mm-hmm. a little bit less, a little bit yeah. less. Now we're like attracting the trades people to us because like more kids like you, like I don't want to break my back when I grow up. I, you know, my parents to go work a plumbing job, to go work a concrete job, freaking pays pretty well. I oh, mean, absolutely. and uh, you know what? In your mid 20s or till mid 20s, maybe that's fine if you do that type of work. Um, you can learn a lot of management, a lot of skills and make a shitload of money, man. If if they want to put their head down for yeah. five years out of college, um, and maybe make your own business about it or whatever, but I think more kids just uh, th- these trades are like everyone. What is the biggest? All our subcontractors, us. It's like yeah. it's always help. Everybody's hurting. Yeah. Everyone's hurting on help, and no one wants to be in these trades. Um, so I think it's a freaking real problem, man. And uh, and now these kids aren't having to work. Of course, everyone like somehow boost of money through COVID here, everyone getting free checks. Everyone's like in 
I, I call it living fat mode where, where like, you know, in business when you're living fat, it's like when the money's coming in good. Yep. And then all of a sudden, like the money slows down and then you realize how fat you are. And then you're like, shit, I got to trim down. Like <laughs> we got to trim and lean down, run leaner and meaner. Yep. Um, so you kind of got to lose the fat and it's the same way in business. Um, I think the same way applies for, for anybody, but yep. So that's that's good. So you went you went out of college then, right into this. Um, you were the parts stocking, like you just kept yeah, doing that yeah. then full time. Um, yeah. So they kind of transferred me to full time, like I was doing in the summers. Yeah. And I would be like a lead. So we primarily load the trucks, like on the not the night shift, but like once they're done selling parts, like five o'clock. Yeah. Right? So we'd work till nine, ten o'clock, depending on how busy it was. Wow. Um, but I like kind of led. Um, and we had college kids, a bunch of college kids working there because it was decent money and easy hours. Yeah. Right? They would work five hours a night, whatever. Um, but I was a lead for, I think it was six, seven months. And then they had a uh, position open at a basically a sister store. In their, oh, sure. Uh, they do oil changes, like their oil change bay. Okay. A service writer. Yep. So I went there. Um, Prior to that, I'd been doing a ton of, like, bunch of customer service jobs. Like, the previous two jobs I had were all dealing with customers and stuff. Um, so I was doing that. Um, and then maybe six months after doing the oil change stuff, I was just in their regular service department. So you come in and need tires, you talk to me, and then I get the car to the technician. So Wow, okay. Um, so quite a different... Uh, quite a change of pace coming here where I don't have to talk to any customers. Oh yeah. When I was the labor anyways. Yep. Um, and you know, it was a lot like slower pace, but still fast pace. If yeah. that makes sense. Like yeah, yeah. a car comes in and they want it back at the end of the day, you got to bust your ass to make sure it gets done. Gets done. Gets yeah. done. Right. Got it. That's cool. Well, I think you can probably value good skills you learn probably while you're there. And I think in any job you can learn, Absolutely. learn something from. Yeah. Um, and so when you came here, you're working for Mac as a broom pusher. Um, what was going through your head then? You're, I mean, were you happier then than you were at your other? Because it was in a, uh, in a way, yes. Um, but also, I wasn't really. I guess I wasn't really fulfilled. So, like yeah. the other job we were working on cars, you kind of you were able to like make not necessarily make the customer happy, but get yeah. something done for them. Right? Satisfaction, yeah, yeah and, gratification. And, and that was something where um, on the jobs that we were working on uh, for Mac, uh, you know, you'd, you'd see it, but it just kind of took a lot longer because you're yeah. not putting brakes on a car. You're building a gas station or, yeah. you know. How did you go like How did you go from your broom position to your position now? I don't even know the story. Um, so they had the position opened up, I believe it was in March of last year. Okay. And I'd, I think I spoke, with our, I spoke with Mike or GM about it and... Um, they had an external hire, so okay. didn't get the job. But I was like, that's all right. You know, oh, you got pushed to the side. That's, yeah, that's right. right. I think I remember. Um, and then he... Um, Overlooked again. Uh, uh, and then he uh, quit, and basically I took it over from him. Basically, they asked me, are you still interested? And I said, hell yeah. So... Boom. Yep. Moved me into the office, and then, you know, it was, it was a, a little bit of a learning curve. Um, but at the same time, I was really comfortable there because, you know, it was a lot of computer work and I've yeah. done a lot of that at the previous job. So, so what's your, like, someone owns a business out there, maybe it's a contracting business starting up, you know, they're starting mm -hmm. to do commercial work and what, like, how, like, what's your biggest advice? Like you obviously operate all these systems and you operate the communication lines and you, you organize us to be kind of operate how we are mm -hmm. you know everyone's conversations how what's kind of like your advice like would you give someone that if they're trying to get in they don't have that position because we never had that position mm -hmm. and we moved into it like so what's your advice i guess for like a business owner that maybe like instead of them doing everything like find yourself a pa or someone who's organized and enjoys doing this yeah and and i wouldn't even say it has to be a pa i mean even if it's just an administrative position okay um, you know, cause that person's going to be oriented about organization and then, um, basically organization and communication, right? So you, you set up that process of where they're going to, you know, put files or who they're going to communicate to, um, 
and once that's set up for them, I think, you know, it's going to make it a lot easier as far as they're, they're kind of the filter of information that gets traded between people, whether it is, you know, files, documents, or emails. Um, so I think an administrative position is, is definitely nice within a company. We have a, I think we have a couple now where, you know, I'm more focused on the, the jobs. And then we have uh, Madison who's focused on like the human resources um, and helping Larissa with accounting and stuff like that. So gotcha. um, there's two sides to the one we have it, but we communicate a lot within ourselves about, you know, where different invoices are going to go, where this email is supposed to end up. And yeah, um, just organization absolutely. of knowing everyone's where they're at and yeah. what they're doing and what they got going on. So, um, so if you don't have a administrator or a project administrator, like Hunter, he, he obviously we needed the organization within sometimes project managers, sometimes superintendents, foremen, these guys can be very unorganized and they just need a little help. Yeah. Um, and we realized that implementing systems and holding people accountable um, and organizing ourselves with softwares like teams or, um, there's lots of softwares out there. We use Procore within our construction company as our main source of tool, our main tool. Um, but if you don't have some of these tools, make sure you're grabbing on. You guys, it's, it's adapt or die society. You have to adapt under this technology. Don't be shuffling papers. Don't be writing out paper receipts. Don't be, you know, it's DocuSign. It's yeah. app-based. Um, so freaking important because it streamlines everything makes everything less effort and we get more done in less time. Hunter, what you got? I was just going to wrap say her it. up, buddy. Oh, um Thanks for having me on. You got it. What were you going to say? Tell oh, I was me. just going to say it. Can't leave every, us on the cliffhanger. Everything's accessible. So, if you use DocuSign, oh. you can you can access that if you're in Teams, you can access it from anywhere, you know, as long as you have internet. Um same with Procore or most of these like file sharing services, you're, you always have access to them. And that's the biggest thing is, you know, if Mark's out in Vegas on vacation. Never. That never happens. Um, then, you know, he can pull up a file and say, hey, this needs to get done. Or, oh, this this plan's approved. We're good to go. You know, whatever it is. So Yeah, that is, that is true. Yeah, no matter where you're owner of a project or a question, yeah, the flow is good. Um, Hunter, thanks so much, man. I think, I think people will find some value on helping to get their systems built get their uh, organization of their firm because it's adapts to anyone. The coffee shop, the contractor, the car place, doesn't matter. They all have these same things. So um, if you guys want to find Hunter or you want to apply, maybe you can come to our office. You will see his shining face. Um, And sometimes he grows out his mustache longer than others. So sometimes you just want to check back with him and see uh, what he's got going on that week. So Hunter, thank you so much. Yep. Thanks for having me on, Mark. See you guys in the next one.